What does it take to be a happy and functional nurse in the complex world of 21st century nursing and healthcare? Let's talk all about it on this special bonus episode of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hey there, this is Nurse Keith. And in these days of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're disseminating as much high quality evidence-based information and expert opinion about the situation as we can. Meanwhile, we still wanna support you in your nursing career and your personal and professional development. So please enjoy this interview that might touch on the pandemic in its own way, but isn't necessarily 100% focused on COVID-19. So be well, stay safe, and many blessings on you, your loved ones, your colleagues, your communities, and everyone on this troubled yet beautiful planet of ours. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. And today we are joined by friends of the pod, Shannon McPeak and Pamela Caragori. Welcome to you both. And you are here, I understand, of course, for Operation Happy Nurse. And Shannon, I'm going to throw this first question to you. And what is Operation Happy Nurse really about? So when I first started nursing, I became extremely stressed out and I thought that I was alone in the whole thing. Turns out a ton of nurses suffer from anxiety and depression associated with our profession. So Operation Happy Nurse is all about helping those nurses and coming together as a community and pushing towards fixing this problem. Okay, great. And was it born in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic or did this idea come to fruition before COVID, you know, came into our lives a few months ago? So I actually created the idea in 2018. Oh. Um, yeah, I started thinking about it right after my first job before I started travel nursing. And I did some research on it. Um, and I did a survey and I asked nurses what their personal experience with stress was and what they do to help fix the problem. And then it started developing after that. It became way bigger come probably November, October of 2019. And so pre-COVID-19, it really started rolling. And now it's just even even bigger. Right. And when did it launch? Like When did you launch OperationHappyNurse.com? So the .com was just launched recently. One of my amazing friends created this webpage for us as a gift. It's just a starter webpage. So the actual community is still being worked on as we speak. This is just to help spread what we're doing. And then the actual community will be launched hopefully in the next few months. Okay. So it seems like you were really prescient in having this idea and you launched the website right before 2020. And then all of a sudden, in I guess late February, March, the world turned upside down and inside out. So how do you feel about the fact that you had this idea about helping nurses and creating a community to support them? And now it seems incredibly prescient that you created it. And how are you feeling about the fact that it's, it's here and now, right now during COVID? Yeah, so I think it's a good thing that we are pushing right now to get it created a little quicker than we probably would have. Um, that being said, I think nurses have always suffered from anxiety and depression, and COVID is kind of bringing it to the forefront a little more. But I think this was a necessary resource prior to this pandemic, and it's even more of a necessary resource now when we know that PTSD rates and burnout rates are going to be huge after 
this is all said and done and even are huge right now. Very good point. Right. And so you've been a nurse for four years. Yeah. And Pamela Caragori, you are a nurse who's been in the field for a little while, right? <laughs> That's correct. I have, um, I've been a nurse for 44 years and um, my career has spanned uh, the, in the clinical setting. My love is cardiac nursing. But like you, I did a bit of home health. Um, and, and really had great opportunities in different settings, both in the acute care, long-term care, and home health setting, but uh, spent the bulk of my career in administrative health care positions. And 11 years ago, came to Purdue as a faculty member, a clinical faculty member. And the reason I did that, one of the real motivators was um, I wanted to give back to the profession. And I felt the best way to do that was to prepare the next generation of nurses and prepare them through the lens of what I knew and what I had experienced. And uh, it has been the greatest part of my career and working with uh, students like Shannon and at Purdue, we, um, our education model is obviously preparing very strong clinicians, but leaders and advocates and really changing the whole conceptual model of what a nurse is, because we've been hmm. socialized um, in, and not only internally within the profession, but outside the profession that we are angels of mercy, that we are an altruistic profession where others come first. And that's true, but nursing as after, you know, with, through the lens of 44 years has changed dramatically. And how we prepare new professional nurses, the, the change in the healthcare environment and the profession requires us to really prepare uh, the new graduates and new nurses from a lens of not only caring for others, but self-care and, and health promotion within our profession. And the skills that we have beyond the clinical skills, but leadership skills, shared mental models, interprofessional approach, and advocating for ourselves. And, um, and Shannon and Operation Happy Nurse is a grassroots um, organization that is being grown and developed by this new generation of nurses to support all nurses. So I am so excited. Um, I remember Shannon well as a student. And when I think of Shannon, I think the word that comes out is bold. She was bold. She is bold. She um, could see, look around and see a situation and not just say, I can do it, but why are we doing it this way? That's a great question to ask, isn't it? It is. Why are we doing this way? How can we do it better? Not only for our patients and the system we're in, but for ourselves. So I'm excited. I am just so excited about about where this organization will go and how it will support the entire profession from nurses that are, have been in the profession for 40 years to nurses who are just starting into the nursing profession. That's fantastic. And, you know, you've been a nurse 44 years. Shannon's been a nurse four years. So you're spanning, well, you've straddled both centuries, the 20th and the 21st centuries. And do you happen to be familiar with Barbie Dossie, the nursing theorist and Nightingale scholar? Mm -hmm. You are. She lives here in Santa Fe. She's a friend of mine. Oh, oh. And you remind me of her really? in many ways, the way you express yourself. Oh. 
And Oh, that's a compliment. <laughs> well, you and Barbie come from that school of nursing from the you know, later 20th century where nursing was breaking out of that patriarchal mode. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the socialization. And, you know, we just passed the anniversary of Florence Nightingale's birthday, you know, mm-hmm. the 200th anniversary. And this is the year of the nurse and midwife as right. declared by the WHO in late 2019, right around the time Shannon was really launching this website too, when the WHO came out. So there's this groundswell of support for nurses to really break that mold of being the handmaidens of doctors and all that patriarchal stuff that I think kept us in this we used to be called pink collar, you know, because it was mm-hmm. seen as women's work, you know, nurses and teachers. And that pink collar thing had to really be trashed, of course. So, Shannon, from your perspective, hearing what what Pamela says and your relationship formerly as student and teacher, teacher, mentor, whatever, how do you feel about that ability to alter the conversation about nursing at this juncture, you know, 20 years into the 21st century? Oh, I think that it's really important for Dr. Karagori and I to work together because she is such a powerhouse in the education world. And she was just such an amazing professor. And in order to change the future, we have to change the younger generations because a lot of people get stuck in their ways. And if we teach younger people how to controller stress and teach them that you are going to be experiencing some things that are really difficult to even comprehend for someone that age, that if we work with them before they even enter the field, then we can completely change the outcomes later on, like decrease burnout, decrease stress, anxiety, substance abuse, all that. And us working together is just one step in doing that. Well said, right. And you're a neonatal ICU nurse, right? And have you been doing that since you graduated and entered the field? Yeah, I'm a baby nurse through and through. I tried to, <laughs> in, in school, I, I went to all the clinicals for adults and I was like, this is definitely not for me. The babies is my place and I love the NICU, but it, it, it does cause a lot of stress. I have no doubt it causes a lot of stress. And, you know, People hear that somebody works in a NICU or maybe they work in pediatric oncology and they think, how could you do that? And what the people I know who do that work say, how could I not do this work? That's actually the question that they ask. So Operation Happy Nurse, is it a nonprofit or is it going to be a nonprofit? It's a nonprofit. We are so excited. We actually just got told like a week ago that it's official. We have our 501c3 and we are super excited that we are now officially a nonprofit. That's exciting. So when people make donations to a 501c3, if anyone out there listening doesn't understand what that means, you're officially a nonprofit recognized by the, by the, IRS, I guess you would say, the Internal Revenue Service. So that means if someone makes a donation, it's tax deductible, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have to have a board of directors. And I guess that's where Pamela comes in. Yeah, she's on my board. All right. Okay. And then does a nonprofit working in the healthcare realm have any special things about it that limits what it can do? Or can you operate like any nonprofit anywhere in the country? So there are some limitations, like obviously we have to remain impartial for 
like government issues, political stuff like that. You have to be focused just on your your message, what you're trying to do, and not okay be as much of an activist, if you know what I mean, like politically. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then we obviously we can have corporate sponsors and all that, but we can't have like we're nonstop corporation, so we can't have investors per se, but we can still have corporate sponsorships and donations, all that. So we'll run basically off of all of that. We we won't run on stock and okay so donations would go right to operation hoppy nurse and help in the running of the community and the website and anything that you do in terms of outreach and speaking of outreach pam are you aware or have you been i'm sure well this isn't even a question well it is a question um what do you feel ohn can actually accomplish and are there goals already being operationalized with the board, with the board's support of Shannon's, Shannon's efforts? Well, I, the, the bulk of the energy has been in formalizing the organization and, and obtaining that 501c3 status. But in discussion okay. with Shannon and the other board members, it, it really is about building and Shannon you you pipe in if I if I'm not articulating this well uh, but it really is about building a community and a sense of community that this organization is there this organization supports the the, the well-being and health promotion um, of the community of nurses and it's and again it, it crosses all all levels of nursing and uh, all ages, all specialties, and and again, building that sense of community. There is a perception that nurses are a community, and I do think that that is true in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I think historically, when we look back, um, we have a lot of room to improve that sense of community. Uh, you know, more experienced nurses supporting younger nurses, younger nurses supporting, you know, middle career, later career nurses. How do we build that commonality? We all you know, from this, from the health promotion perspective, the stress is the stress is the stress that all of us experience and as nurses, even if you're in a faculty role or you're in a, an outpatient role, inpatient, a business, mm-hmm. whatever it is, anything, anything, we feel that stress. And I think this organization really has the potential of pulling the silos down in terms of us as a community of stressed professionals look nursing is a stem it's a stem profession we are deeply rooted Mm -hmm. in science and then the technology part has just the proliferated in terms of how much understanding of technology nurses have to have engineering systems every time a patient comes is sent up from the er to a packed full med surge unit. Nurses use engineering principles Uh to figure out where do we put the patient? Who do we move? How do we identify who's going to take care of what patients? How do all of what we do every day is engineering and then math. And I think the sooner Uh we move again, that socialization to the fact that we are highly skilled knowledgeable professionals. And as you said earlier, Keith, not handmaidens to anybody. People are in the hospital for one reason. They need nursing care. 
And so I, I think um, this, this grassroots organization that is being the, the, the engine of it are these right now are these young minds who are looking at the profession through a different lens and are willing to build that community and change it, change the perception, change the, the historic stressors that have, that have come under the guise of being altruistic. We're here and we are there for the patients and the families, but you want healthy, robust, you want it to be a healthy, robust profession. Right. And, um, this is this is what Operation Happy Nurse is going to achieve. And right now it's getting that reach messages like having this opportunity to be able to get the message out um, about this organization and, and the goal and the purpose. So Right. And I'll have you all back when things are more launched, let's say later in 2020 or early 2021, if you have events or things being launched, we'll have you back to to talk about it more. So this isn't the last time. This is just the beginning. So, and I want to support the mission. So you mentioned a bunch of things there, Pam. Wow, we could take an hour unpacking what you just said. It was very powerful. Um, (laughs) One is if anyone listening didn't catch what you mentioned in terms of STEM, you you were referring to careers that are science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's what we've been talking for quite a few years about wow, for at least a decade or more, getting more women and young girls into STEM professions and focusing on STEM pre-college. And I think that's been happening for quite some time now. So, and I love how you brought science, technology, engineering, and math into the, 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 the realm of the nurse. I really love that. Now, I want to address something here that we mentioned how Shannon, you've been a nurse for four years, and Pam, you've been a nurse for 44. So you're both of different generations, and there have been so many conversations out there and continue to be, and I've had some here on the show about, we always have three generations working in a workforce, usually sometimes four. So right now we have baby boomers who are you know ending in the final years of their active careers, most of them, and then Gen Xers. I'm sort of right on the cusp between those two. And then we have millennials and Gen Yers who are coming in. And millennials are really at this point, what I understand demographically, the largest proportion of the workforce, let's just say in the United States right now. And and Gen Yers are just kind of getting started. And I think, I'm not sure which generation the Ys or the Millennials will be a larger generation demographically. But Shannon, from your perspective, whichever generation you identify with culturally, what do you think are the secrets to multiple generations? How would I say this? How can they learn from each other and work together without negating one another because you see the world in different ways? What what can we do about that? Have you been thinking about those issues? I, yeah, but honestly, I think that we have so much to offer each other. Um, My generation was born into ever-changing technology, so we are very good at learning that sort of thing, online charting, all of that. When I first entered nursing, I 
use paper charting. And then when we had to learn a lot of the older generation, they had trouble learning how to do the, the online charting. So we were able to come in and help them through that. Whereas they were able to help us because they've been nurses for years and years and years and help us more of the clinical basis, like clinical assessment, all that. So I think we have so much to offer each other. And I think when we talk about how there's like divide and how we think and stuff like that, it, we're not looking at it in the right way. I think that the way that we think is different and it's such a good thing because we can teach each other how the other one thinks. That's a great point. And you bring up that point about technology. And I just wrote an article for one of my editors who I write for a, a website about nursing and healthcare. I wrote about digital natives and digital immigrants. So I'm a digital immigrant because you know, mobile phones and computers weren't really in popular use until I was in my late 20s and 30 almost becoming a nurse in the 90s. So I'm a digital immigrant and I've, I've kind of grabbed that and ran with it all these years. So yeah. are you closer to a digital native? Were you using technology from like a very, very, very early age? No, not really. Because when I was growing up, it was still it was still kind of becoming a big thing. So I had to learn how to use some of that stuff, but I learned it at a younger age, which is easier for you to learn when you're learning when you're younger. Right. So I wasn't necessarily started off using technology. I had to learn it, but I learned it when I was young. Right. So that that helped me out. So you were a young digital immigrant, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you know, when you're younger, it's just easier to learn new things because you have a young mind and your mind is... It's like languages, you know, if you learn a language at a young age, you're more likely to become very proficient in it when you're older. Exactly. Whereas if you're learning a language when you're older, and it really is a language, technology is its own language. That's right. That's right. And we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, I want to pick up this conversation about this, these generational differences in technology, and then dig a little deeper into what Operation Happy Nurse is really planning for this next year or two. I really want to talk about your your bigger, bigger vision and maybe some of the details too. So we'll be right back for the second half of this episode. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. 
Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And we're back. Thanks for hanging out here at the Nurse Keith Show. Remember, the show notes are going to be at nursekeith.com forward slash happy nurse. And we're here with Shannon McPeak and Dr. Pamela Caragori from Operation Happy Nurse. And we were just talking, Shannon, about generational differences. And you were you brought up that it's not really a divide. It's really a way that we can share. And unfortunately, I hear people casting aspersions on either the older or the younger generation. And Pamela, how do you struggle with that? Or how do you tackle that in nursing education? And because we have people entering nursing at all ages, right? Exactly. Um, I, I, it goes back to what Shannon said earlier in terms of everybody, regardless of their age or their generation, brings something to the table brings their life experience, their motivation, their passion. Every student that comes to the Purdue School of Nursing will say, I am passionate about being a nurse. What our role is as educators is to start to deconstruct what that means, that you're passionate. And it goes back to what we spoke of earlier. What does it mean today to be a nurse? And, um, We do have some older students. We have a 16-month accelerated program, so it's a second-degree program. So we have 32 students that range. We've had them range from age 23 to 50. And it's always fascinating, A, to see their motivation and and what what they see their purpose is in in achieving their, their BSN. But also, there is a commonality, regardless of generation, that goes back to that core meaning and that core motivation to be a nurse. And um, one of the things that I that I often hear with, as as Shannon uh, articulated, is is that digital native or di- digital immigrant. The digital piece we see a wide range of of comfort and in terms of understanding and self-efficacy and confidence in with technology but that just becomes part of of their educational process and understanding it and 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 a degree of patience for an older student versus a younger student one of the things that i can say in seeing working with older students is there is a degree of intuition and that intuitive part of life experience that is something they bring to the table for younger um, younger students, younger generations is that, you know, and Keith, you and I being uh, as being nurses for 20 years plus, we both have experienced that something's not quite right. And it's an intuitive piece that technology doesn't support. And sometimes even your physical assessment, there's an intuitive piece that's that that you you know you see something isn't quite right and then you start whatever process you need to to take that deep dive into determining what's happening and i see right. that with older students even that intuitive piece and so it's the combination of i love our accelerate i love all of our students but our accelerated mm-hmm. students are such a unique cohort to see those generations come together with that common purpose and that's that's the root of it the common purpose and the and the 
socialization and development of what it means to be a nurse today. That's very well said, Pam. Oh, thank yeah. You. Did you want to add something else there? Nope. I, no. I, <laughs> okay. I, That's, I mean, you both are so erudite and you both have such, such passion for what you're doing. And I love how we're seeing this generational intergenerational cooperation and collaboration between just the two of you. And I know there's other people on the board too, and I'd be interested to, to meet them and hear about what the rest of the board is. So I'm sure that'll all be on the website too, the board members. Yeah. So, yeah. So Shannon, when you hear what Pam is saying about this vision and people working together, so could you, is it possible right now, and if you can't, it's okay, can you enumerate, let's say, one concrete thing that Operation Happiness OHN would like to do, let's say, in the second half of 2020? Is there something you're planning that you can reveal? Yeah, so like I said earlier, we're currently working on the actual online community and what it essentially is would be where you enter into this web page and you're surrounded by different aspects, different stress relievers per se, that we are providing because we believe that each nurse has a individual journey, but also the community journey. So we think that you should be able to alter your own stress relief plan to benefit more of your needs, but then also be surrounded by people who are going through that same thing and are using those same resources. So it's individual, but it's also you're surrounded by supporters as well. Um, so that's what is hopefully going to be released within the net in the next few months. Um, where that's really the main nonprofit. That's what we're working towards. That's our okay. thing. And I'm really excited about it because I think it's, it's, I think it's going to help a lot of people because we're kind of approaching it in a different way than normal. We're not just focusing on physical fitness, although that, that is an aspect there, but we're focusing on the individual needs of the person and of the nurse versus just a broad generalization of what stress relief is. I see. So if you could give a more concrete example, when I go into the community, let's say in August of 2020 or December of 2020 or later, is it going to be like a like an online course that I take? Will it be video? Will I be talking with other people? You know, what what form might some of these things take? If if you have an idea of where they might be headed in terms of the format, yeah. So. I wouldn't say it's it's not a video it's more like a, it's more of a community. When you go in and you create your own personal stress relief plan, it has things like at-home workout videos, book club, uh podcasts regarding random things that you don't even really think about for stress relief, like mm -hmm. adult coloring books, knitting, acupuncture, all of that. Okay. It's got social events, it's got so much that you then pick and choose what you want to be a part of and then your personal profile is filtered to be what you need. So it's utilizing the resources that we are providing to create your own plan. And then we help track your progress and help you figure out where you're at mentally. And then at the same time, you're surrounded by other people going through similar things so that that's the community aspect because there are discussion boards, there's all that stuff where we can all work together to get to that end goal of decreasing stress, anxiety, depression. 
I see. So that's where I was trying to go too, is that, so there'll be chat rooms where people can hang out and post questions or comments or people who are interested, let's say in yoga, and there might be a place they can hang out and really kind of dig deeper into that. And someone might share, yeah, I'm doing this yoga teacher training. This is a really great one. Yeah. So there's discussion boards and then there's the, there's a different aspect that is yoga. So if you go in and you you're into the yoga or the physical fitness, then you choose that to be part of your mm-hmm. profile so that when you go in, you're provided these resources and then you're with other people who are similar as you. And then you can talk about it. Like you said. Yeah. That's fantastic. I want to ask you if you've heard a few of a few of my friends and colleagues out there, many of whom have been on the show already, or if they haven't, they probably will be sooner than later. Um, have you heard of my friend Caroline Cardenas, who was on the show a few months ago, and she's been known popularly as the Hula Hoop Girl. Yes, have I have heard of her. She's my very dear friend. And Pam, have you heard of Caroline? No, I haven't, but, I, uh, but I'll look her up as soon as we're done. Yeah, yeah she's very cool. Very yeah, cool. Her, her recent, fairly recent interview here was about the power of play. And she's a hula hoop dancer and teacher. And she wrote her master's thesis on the use of hula hooping and hoop dancing for the prevention and and not cure, but treatment of burnout in nurses. And now she's writing her PhD dissertation at Meridian University on the power of play and somatic embodiment for burnout prevention in healthcare professionals, not just nurses. And she's working on that dissertation as we speak. And there's a new, you'll learn about it in her episode, there's a new film coming out by Jamie Redford, the son of Robert Redford. And it's about the power of play and it's being released mid 2020. And she's one of the main characters or focuses of this particular uh, movie. And it, it focuses on her work to a certain extent with nurses and she's an oncology nurse for a long, long time. So, and I'm also wondering if y'all have heard of Dr. Renee Thompson of the Healthy Workforce Institute. Yes, I have heard of her. I have not heard yeah. of her. Yeah. She's been on my show too. She's a very dear friend. We're both part of the National Nurses and Business Association. We're on the board and the Healthy Workforce Institute was born of her work as she's probably the, the international expert on bullying and incivility in nursing mm-hmm. and how to eradicate it. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good organization for you all to learn more about and learn about what Renee and her team are doing. So there's some very interesting people out there who I think would likely be willing and or able to somehow partner with OHN yeah. because of what you're planning. And you're going to be offering these this community for individual and collective empowerment. And mm-hmm. I know you can't go in the political direction, but in terms of, let's say, other issues like social determinants of health and the ways in which nurses are just like the rest of the population. We have heart disease, we have depression, we might have addiction issues. So do you plan to also support people around those things, the non-physical part? So, yes. Um, Our hope is, because like you said with heart, our hope is that when we can help you build a healthier living and focus more on yourself, that that will follow suit. So substance abuse, uh, heart disease, all that, we're hoping 
that by allowing you to focus more on your physical and mental well-being versus just focusing on helping everybody else and not really yourself, that that does help you in the long run with all other health issues. I see. And Pam, you've probably seen it all (laughs) in 44 years. So the the issue around, let's say, addiction Mm -hmm. with nurses, I've heard various anecdotal evidence, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that nurses tend to be codependent. They tend to come from either alcoholic families, abusive families, dysfunctional families, and they tend to be the people who try to fix things. Mm -hmm. So is that your experience or do you have another lens through which you see the common threads that run through the profession? I would say that there is research that has been done in terms of looking at the risk that nurses are placed in because of our role, because of so many factors. Um, you know, one of the one of the um, areas that has been studied uh, studied are twelve hour shifts and how effective nurses can be within a twelve hour shift. Just knowing the physiological aspects of fatigue. Okay. But I do think that that nurses are placed in positions that addiction or a lack of self-care, let's just put it in that general term, Mm -hmm. uh, occurs. And some of it is external factors. Uh, Some of it is this idea that nurses have to be saint-like, that we uh, have to be perfect, that we, you know, it's the safety. I think Operation Healthy Nurse is going to provide a safe environment for nurses to be able to say, I'm scared. I'm tired. I feel really um, not as stable as I should be. I know there are patients I'm caring for, families, and I have to give my all. And if I don't feel safe saying I'm vulnerable, then I'm not going to say it. And that's where you see a lot of that destructive behavior. Are we codependent by nature? I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I, uh, I do think that we are caring by nature. And where we cross that line from caring and being able to, to see the needs of others and to tend to those needs, um, I think that's where the gray zone is in terms of giving, 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 and not replenishing ourselves. But you also bring up a good point, Keith, about one area that we have to look at is diversity and inclusion and how we address the needs of all of our nursing brethren and, mm-hmm. and the challenges that, that surround diversity and inclusion within the profession. And uh, that's where I see Operation Happy Nurse just being a platform, A, to be safe. It's okay to be vulnerable and say, I really need the support of a community because I am burned out. And we use that term often, and it can happen at year two you're 22 or you're 42 or anywhere in between. Very true. And to know that we have colleagues that are feeling, have been in the same place or are are going in that direction or have recovered from that. That's that community. That's that we are all nurses. And for the profession to continue, and I say this in all seriousness, Yes. We have to grow. We have to evolve. We have to be advocates for ourselves 
and our colleagues. And um, we will, nursing will frankly lead this healthcare system into where it needs to go. I, I firmly believe we are the leaders that we always are. <laughs> we, we always are. And but I think we need to go to that next yeah. level where we're recognized. And we can only do that if we're healthy and if yes. we're supportive of each other. That's a great point. And being healthy means so much. And it's there's many levels of healthiness. There's emotional intelligence, that ability right. to recognize and label your own emotions and say, right. oh, I am angry right now. And then relational intelligence, where you can actually mm -hmm. identify that emotion in another person and then actually decide how you're going to relate to that person. That's part of being healthy. Absolutely. There's my friend Tiffany Swedeen at Recover and Rise, who's on the show as well. And she is a nurse recovering from those types of you know, issues around addiction. And she helps other nurses recover as well. And Recover and Rise is a very important part of helping nurses remain functional and healthy when they're working in this chaotic environment. Exactly. And I'm hoping on Operation Happy Nurse, a nurse might be able to say, you know, I'm taking my benzo a little more than I should because I am so stressed out and I really can't function. I'm taking my Xanax twice a day or four times a day when it's really supposed to be, you know, a couple times a week. And we know where that can go. Right. We know where this can head. And right. so if you all can head off someone at the pass and help them refocus somewhere in a healthier direction, that's wonderful. And, you know, Shannon, You've been a NICU nurse for several years now, four years, and we're now in the midst of this pandemic. What does it mean to you that you see nurses more on TV, you see them interviewed on CNN, you see people talking about nurses more, people knitting or, or sewing masks for nurses because there aren't enough for them in their hospital? How do you feel as the representative of Operation Happy Nurse that there seems to be this noticing of nurses and their value by the public and the media. Have you, has that been impacting you? Yeah, I, I've thought about it a lot. Um, I'm really, I'm happy that people are noticing what nurses do, but there was this thing on Instagram not too long ago. It was a man. Um, it was a nurse, travel nurse. He's actually in San Diego. He was holding up a sign that says, I'm sorry it took a pandemic for people to realize how important nurses are. And yes. I kind of, I feel that I'm happy that people are noticing, like, I don't want to take that for granted at all, but mm -hmm. nurses have been doing a lot for a long time. And I just, I wish it didn't take a pandemic, but because it did, I'm happy that people are finally, finally noticing. I understand. Right. So what we can hope, I think from this pandemic is that nursing students, you know, on your end, Pam, will feel like, wow, what I'm learning to do is highly valuable and I can really change the course of, of the health of one person, but I can actually be an advocate and change the course of collective health in the community by what I do and what I say and how I represent the profession and what I actually do on the bedside and what I actually do when I say, perhaps write a letter to the editor about what I do or why I think the way I do. And, and Shannon, from your perspective, do you feel that younger nurses like yourself, newer nurses, are feeling that empowerment? 
that it's like, wow, yeah, what I'm doing really matters. I think it's it's a blessing and a curse to feel that empowerment. I think that it's so great to be like, I'm making a huge difference in the world and I feel that all the time. But then that's also the added pressure when you're going into work and you're like, I have these lives on my hands. Oh, okay. So, you're, so it's amazing to feel that empowerment. And when it goes positively, it's just, it's amazing that you are making these huge difference in people's lives. But one right. of the biggest things I struggled with when I first started was, well, what if I can't help this person? What if this, what if no matter how hard I try, one of my babies doesn't make it? And that was yeah. something I really, really, really struggled with. So it's so rewarding to be in this profession, but with the high reward also comes high cost. And that's what we're trying to help is mm-hmm. help that pressure, help you deal with that pressure of the job that you're in. I mean, we're the last line of defense it could be a drug that was ordered wrong and it was, it was ordered by the doctor. It was checked by pharmacy. But if you give it, if you're the one who gives it, then it's on you because you didn't check it. So that it was that sort of stress that I think is causing a lot of new nurses to have early burnout, like stress, anxiety that they've never experienced before. And I think that's where we can come in and help fix it is help them help how you view what you do and help you deal with the pressure that comes with our profession. Wow. Well, that's a powerful vision. And Pam, we don't want these nurses that you work so hard to help mentor and train and educate and empower to leave the profession in the first two years, which many nurses apparently do quite a a high percentage. So I'm sure you have hope, Pam, that, that you can help prepare them for this, this new world, this world that we're in right now. Absolutely. And uh, in regards to the, this current uh, environment with COVID, we are actually looking at the School of Nursing at Purdue as an opportunity, an opportunity for students uh, to, to, for us to help guide them through the thought process and action in terms of what the healthcare, what are they going to be working? What's the environment they're going to be working in? Mm-hmm. We, we, again, we have to transcend the socialization of nursing, it is a caring profession, uh, profession still one of the most trusted. But we, we really promote, and, and Shannon can attest to this from her, her education, I'm sure, at Purdue, is again promoting that advocacy, taking feelings, feeling them, expressing them, whether that's fear, anxiety, and then transforming it to action. Mm-hmm. What are the actions we take to again, address issues within the system or uh, issues within how we practice and how we're perceived. Um, And for them to be bold. One of the things we've always said is nursing, there's one thing you need to be a really great nurse, and that is your mind. That is that thinking process. That is that that critical thinking and clinical reasoning. And then taking that and again, you know, turning it into action, whether that's self-care, whether that's support of each other, whether that's educating systems and the public in terms of who we are and what we do and how significant the profession is within that healthcare ecosystem. And it it goes so far beyond what we spoke of at the very beginning, Keith, in terms of being a handmaiden or being just an adjunct profession that helps everybody else. We are brilliant. And we have, as Shannon said, we're the first line 
uh, with patients and families, and we need to capitalize on that. And yes, I think we should celebrate all of the nurses that are in the front lines right now, um, but we have to take it further than that. We have to, again, support each other and, and really support the evolution of the profession to where we know we should be and can be in terms of leading the healthcare system and leading leading care and leading decisions. You know, we don't want to talk political talk, but policy is mm-hmm. is a tremendous advocating for policy changes within the system and for nurses. And uh, I'll get off my soapbox now, Keith. But That's an awesome soapbox. <laughs> it's great. You go, Pam. So where do we find you, Shannon? Where do we find Operation Happy Nurse? So currently we are on both Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, Instagram and Facebook are more of uh, what we're kind of giving you teasers of what's going to happen for sure. for the actual webpage. Um, it's at Operation Happy Nurse for both of them. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is more about the research and, and that aspect of what we're doing. Um, so you can check us out on that, Operation Happy Nurse too. And then we have our webpage, which describes our whole mission and is updating you on when things are going to be coming, uh, who's a part of our team, our amazing team, and that sort of thing. And that's where you can also donate to help us make this a reality because we do have the ball rolling, but we have to keep it, <laughs> we have to keep it going. That's so true. if anyone can help us out, that would be amazing. Our fund, Our funding is just now really starting because we have we now have our nonprofit status. So that webpage is where you can check all that out. And that's www.operationhappiness.com. All right. And we will get that out on social too and have you back later in the year, early in 2021 to talk about, you know, things that are actually happening with the community. So thank you both. This has really been wonderful and empowering and it's exciting. And I can't wait to have you back to see how this has all evolved. And I'll be watching closely and helping support you along the way. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Keith. Thank you all so much. So there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember, the show notes are going to be at nursekeith.com forward slash happy nurse. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction, happiness, and well-being, just like Operation Happy Nurse is trying to support you in doing. And remember to head over to nursekeith.com for all of the resources we have there. We will have Operation Happy Nurse on that webpage at nursekeith.com forward slash happy nurse. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. I'm so grateful to Mark and Rob for keeping the wheels moving in the right direction. So be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we have Shannon McPeak saying goodbye from San Diego, California. San Diego. And we have Pamela Caragori bidding us adieu from Purdue University School of Nursing, West Lafayette, Indiana. All right. Thank you both. And we will catch everybody on the flip side.